one and all to episode 16. Says. Says. That's good. You didn't need prompting. No. Uh, I just I, know I'm the one that needs prompting. Benton expects Le Francais maintenant. Uh, of Le Barncast. Is, is it Le or La? I don't know. C'est Le Barncast. You so masculine. Okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's my man noise. Uh, <laughs> uh, my name is Ben Drew and I'm joined by... Benton Gallagher. Tyler Smith. And we are delighted to have you with us. Uh, this week, we, as always, are brought to you by Heritage Breweries. And our conversations this week are brought to you by the Nova Scotia Prince, uh, just the Scotia Prince, uh, New England IPA. Is brewed in the trendy. What was that name again? <laughs> the Nova Scotia Prince, all right? It's, okay. it's, yeah, it's Scotia Prince, shut up. It's brewed. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> well, that's a, that's an easy mistake to make. I, I made it. Uh, I, I haven't made that one, uh, yeah. to be honest. But I'm sure I will. You make mistakes all sometimes. the time. I'm good all at it. all the time. It's yeah. my so it's brewed in the trendy New England style. This beer is hazy, hoppy, and aromatic. Light bittering hop additions and heavy flame out and dry hop additions give plenty of fruity and citrus aromas. The ferry link between Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, and New England has been vital to many uh, for for many years. Uh, the Scotia Prince Ferry was the workhorse of the Gulf of Maine from '82 to 2004. You guys ever take Scotia Prince? No, I did. No, before my time. It's. Uh, I feel like it took 11 hours to get. <laughs> like that's when the cat came. I was like, oh my goodness. I've never been on any of the Yarmouth ferries. No? The cat was like a giant sea dew. It was yeah. crazy. Oh yeah, killing whales, fishing boats, yeah, people. Yeah. Yeah. See, like, I, I do that on Cedars. I mean, I've never been on a ferry here, but it's not really for us anyway. Do you know what I mean? We don't have a ferry for Yarmouth. It's yeah. not meant for Yarmouth people. But we we took it down to Portland, and uh, I've I went on the cat once. Suspense. And I went on uh, the Scotia Prince once, and I think that was it. Um, but it was long, and I was just a kid. So big maritime were you? Yeah, <laughs> 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 maritime noise. I took the cat to Bar Harbor. A friend, friend of mine, Bar Harbor. Friend of mine had a. He worked at Captain Kelly's. Was that you guys? Yeah, Captain Kelly's. I was there once, um, literally once. I was there my time. Yeah, so uh, we went over the restaurant. Yep, because uh, there's one in St. John. No, no, the one it's down by the Milton Ball Field. Remember. Oh, that Captain Kelly. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. of Don Cherry's for some reason. Really <laughs> very t- similar. Very, very similar. It's the same. Captain Kelly and Don Cherry. <laughs> I, I, they met N and Y. So, Man, I'm not on it tonight. I like uh, I like Don Cherry's in St. John, though. But um, anyhow, through work, through work at Cap- Captain Kelly's, we got the ride over to uh, a weekend in Bar Harbor. Interesting Bob. little town. Bar Harbor... Uh, a, yeah, you keep saying that. <laughs> so, um, so Bahava, it, uh, I'll, I'll get in the spirit of the thing. Um, it's a kind of a cool town because there's no franchises. There's no yeah. uh, McDonald's, no KFCs, no Tim Hortons. There's no uh, Walgreens. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Everything, every little shop is privately owned, and uh, that's cool. And has a uh, there's a lot of really cool towns like Je ne sais in, quoi. in Maine, though. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you say French from now on, you need to do the mouth pop. I haven't been back to Maine for a while, but I would love to go back. I like Bar Harbor's good. Uh, I'd like to go to Freeport. Lewiston. Freeport's a great spot. 
Yeah. Yeah, Freeport's good. A lot yeah. of outlet stores. I mean, that whenever I think of Maine, the whole state of Maine, Out- outlets. Oh, they've got the outlet stores in Maine. They go down to Bangor and they get the cool toys. And yeah. But so Freeport has good outlets. But then if you go, I think it's in New Hampshire. Because it has live zero. free or die, yeah. no taxes. Yeah, yeah there's intense. zero sales tax, and they have outlets. Yeah. Like even better, like in the White Mountains and stuff, and it's a it's a cool spot. Yeah. Was, what was the what was the license plate that they, that the guy wasn't allowed to have? Um, Grabber? Grabber. Grabber. It's still going on, I think, here in Nova Scotia. Yeah, it was like, he went to the Nova Scotia Supreme Court. Yeah, Grabber. That's his last name. Yeah. You can have live for your die. That's their motto. Yeah, I know. That was on every license. I know. But we can't have a guy's actual last name. Our standards are a little different than the U.S. Fact. Yeah. That's true. But we're not trying to invade Iran. <laughs> so there's that. Didn't, didn't Trump say that in a tweet? He was yeah, like, he's, he's like, say one more thing. Come at me, bro. <laughs> yeah, one more time. That's, That's uh, it's not bright. Their administration's uh, fix for global warming is nuke us all before it happens. Yeah. It's, Did you guys see the Bill Nye thing? Have you seen that? You oh, saw, yeah. yeah. John Oliver. Yeah. When, when he puts the globe on fire. I thought yeah. that was the greatest thing. Yeah. It was beautiful. And anyone who hasn't seen it, you need to watch I don't want to spoil it. So just go watch Bill Nye. Let's post it on the old Facebook. Can we steal that clip, though? I don't know. I'll, I'll look for it. We'll, we'll see if we can find the clip. Yeah. yeah. I'll look for it right now. Speaking of thaw- spoilers, though... Uh, Game of Thrones is done. Yeah, let's uh, let's spill it. Should we talk about the ending? Well, we can talk about what our feelings are about it because yeah. that's what we do here. We talk about our feelings. This is a big feeling podcast. Yeah. Uh, my feelings are pretty. Meh. It felt like a nice microwaved piece of butter and bread. Yeah, you know, like, just like uh, nah. I'm glad I had it, but I mean, yeah, I need. It was it. weird. It was a weird ending, like an anticlimactic ending to to a show that had just been. So gut wrenching and, yeah. and eventful. Yeah, it has. Yeah, uh, yeah. Good, I, good, good insight. <laughs> sorry, I was, I was I was looking at the yeah. Bill Nye clip. I could just play the Bill Nye clip. No, no, no. You have to watch it. All right, I'm gonna put it on our Facebook while we talk. Okay. Um, but I I enjoyed it. I mean, anytime you wrap up something major like that, somebody's gonna be mad. Yep. And they're always going to be mad, and everybody's bitching about it. Like, you're going to be mad if it didn't work out how you wanted it to work yeah. out. And, and honestly, all the people that say they ruined the ending, <clears throat> I just want them to stop. Yeah. I was going to say something meaner. But, like, there's no way of knowing if they ruined the ending. The book isn't even out yet. Yeah. So. And George R. R. Martin gave them the ending. Like, yeah. like that's his ending. So, like. You can't criticize and, the author. Yeah, like he if you love the books, like, see, they're, people are criticizing the show and not the books. Mm-hmm. But there is no book for the ending yet. Now I don't know if he's going to go on and change the ending up because people are mad about it. Okay, well, well, question here: Had the books already been out, do you think there would be anything said about it? Do you think people would be complaining about the book? People always complain though when there's books adapted to movies. Yeah, they huh? do because there's always people out there. Who were saying, "Oh, the book's better. The book's better. The book's better," and that may be true. But if you don't like, if you don't enjoy reading, like I like going to the movies. I like watching movies. I would much rather watch a movie than read a book. I would never guess that by talking to you. <laughs> no, hundred percent of the time, I would, I'd rather see a movie. This is the new invention we're meeting. Well, my thing is, uh, if I've read the book already, yeah, like because I I do read from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, if I read the book, then I I usually don't like the movie. Um, but like if if it was like, Lord of the Rings, no, I like okay. I said usually. Okay, I really like Lord of the Rings. Hobbit book is better though. Uh, Listen to me, big reader. What about Ghostbusters? <laughs> Ghostbusters two. 
Because I never I had the picture book. <laughs> but uh, cat, uh, cat in the hat. But something like like I got I for me Game of Thrones is the TV show. I never read the book, Same. and it like I watched a couple seasons before I even thought of reading the book, and yeah. then I was like, oh, I'm not going to. Like this yeah. is the story. I'd like to know about the million people supposedly that signed this online petition. How many of them have read the series? <laughs> like how many of them are just TV show fans, mad that it didn't end the way they wanted it to, yeah. or who they think they are. Really though, you can have an opinion, but don't 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 take your opinion to the to the point where you're demanding for a rewrite of this the final scene because they're not going to do it. This you're is just the, it the whole a generation of like social media like activists, warrior like online activism, yeah. right? Which really does nothing. It's not new. I remember when I was in grade eight. Remember, remember Nano Babies like Tamagotchis and such. Mm-hmm. Christina Colicchio <laughs> made a petition to save the nanos because they were like these are in a distraction in class. And she's like, I need to feed my nano. It will die. Yeah. So, uh, so it's not. A, it's a very old idea. But it's just, it, it's just kind of like they're not going to rewrite the show. <laughs> they're not going to go back. You know what, guys? You were right. Let's spend another ninety, a hundred million dollars shooting this season yeah. again, just to see what you guys like. And then, out of those million people, how many of them want the same ending? Yeah. Do you know what I mean you well, can no, agree you that gotta, it's, you can agree that you didn't like it that you thought it was bad? You got to rewrite it eight times. Go, go, yeah. go, go! Write your own show if you yeah. think it's so bad. Fan fiction isn't that the point of fan fiction? Yep. Yeah. I don't read a whole lot of fan fiction. I don't read any. Doesn't it usually think, get weirdly sexual? Usually, I don't think I read. <laughs> Tell about this fan fiction. It's like people like who just people like write, their own. write their own stories in conjunction with the material. Right. Like they would take this whole online online community for like pretty much any fantasy world, right? Lord of the Rings, yeah. Harry Star Potter, Trek: The Next Generation, Star Trek, Star yeah. Wars, all of it. Right. They go on and they write. Can we wrote stories to go along with. We do a fan fiction segment where we read excerpts. Yes. Yeah. Right now. Well, you guys keep talking. I'm going for fan Stark. fiction. I'm going for Star. I don't know. Like I, I, I was invested in Game of Thrones. I mean, I, I wasn't super pumped about the ending, but I wasn't also I wasn't like disappointed. Like I, the only like the only th- show that I can think of that ended poorly after watching it was Sopranos. I didn't like the way that ended at all. I didn't actually finish that one. It, but like. You think of Breaking Bad? I don't know for mm-hmm. those who have seen Breaking Bad had a phenomenal ending. Great ending. It had a phenomenal Dexter ending. sucked. Dexter's ending, but that started like with the last two or three seasons when yeah, it started it to fell end. apart. It did big time. But like I messaged you guys, I said, "Well, it had to end somehow." Yeah. And yeah. and you can't you can't have a like a red wedding at the end of okay. Well, yeah. you know what? The dragon got pissed and killed everybody. It's like because he was he like when he started. The, people have to remember when he started writing this. It was supposed to be. I think you envisioned a trilogy of books. I think is what he envisioned, kind of like play off Lord of the Rings and that sort of idea. <clears throat> so he had the whole story arc in his mind of how it's going to go and how it's going to end. Like there wasn't going to be a massive like cliffhanger at the end of a trilogy set of novels. See, Lord of the Rings doesn't have a big cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Well, you know and what? Uh, I compare them a lot because they're both like fancy medieval shows. But everybody, everybody became like a literary expert yeah. after this one. I can't believe you're doing this to that character. <laughs> yeah, their arc. Yeah, you're messing up our arc. People are very mad at Daenerys' arc for sure. Only, but I'm more mad about Jon Snow's arc. The only arc that <laughs> I felt bad for, I felt way worse for him. He just looks so sad. I think no, no, no. Well, at the end though, you get a smirk. He's like, he did. That's what he wanted to be up north. Home. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> no, no one has to end this too. Though this is a segment. Okay, fair. That's right. uh, okay. that's a good seg- segue. I was away for the weekend. You guys were not. I was away. Oh yeah. What? Oh, you did. I went to you Mahone Bay. Bay. Thanks for rubbing it in, guys. Mahone Bay, and I'll just do a quick shout out. Anyone who's never spent time in Mahone Bay, 
You need to get an Airbnb in Mahone Bay and spend the weekend there. Great town. You can just go a quick drive to Lunenburg for the day. Go like, but it's a great spot. Mahone Bay over Lunenburg, hundred percent. So you guys stay right in Mahone Bay, right in the heart of Mahone Bay. One Have you been there? Two, one night or two nights? Two nights. Two nights. Yeah. And any activities? We, you, so like we we get we get there's, there's an Airbnb. Um, it's called the Barn. I'll give a shout out to the Airbnb. It's Have you been to Mahone Bay? I've driven through. Okay, so there's like a little intersection right at the end of the mm-hmm. of the bay. There's an Airbnb that's like kind of hidden away right in there. Like you're that's right what, on the water. How close to that cafe with the good sandwiches? Cafe with the good sandwiches. Yeah, there's a cafe with the good sandwiches. But there's also like a farmer's market. There's a farmer's market like on the corner there. Yeah, the it's about it's about a 30 second walk from that sandwich place. Yeah, it's good sandwiches. So, it's so you're, like, you're, literally, <laughs> you're literally in the Hired of Home Bay. It's called the Barn. Look it up on Airbnb. B-A-R? B-A-R. Barn. What did I say? Barn. Is there barn. barn. Yeah, barn. Can yeah, we go there for our casts? We absolutely could. Yeah, it's a great cool. spot. But it's also, so it's right behind a restaurant. Oh, a retreat. You know, you just yeah. go, you park there, you know, you go. You can do your shopping, uh, go to the restaurants, have a beer or two, not have to worry about driving because everything's in walking distance. There's the brewery up the road, and but you can walk to everything and just, it's, it's relaxing. And you're like right in the heart of it, but it feels like you're kind of, like it's very private. Like you, people can't see Come you in, Kind of in a bubble. Yeah, and there's a little backyard that's like sits right on the water, like right on the water, and but it's hidden by the trees and stuff. So like. You can see everything, but people can't really see you sitting out there. How much? I prefer uh, how much to see. I think it's like one fifty. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's like a one bedroom loft style, but you know, folk and like so the people who own it own the restaurant that's next to it. It's a, it's a pretty fancy restaurant, uh, but they give you a discount if you eat, if you're staying there to eat at the restaurant. But like, like I had, uh, what did I, I don't remember now, but it was good. Prosciutto wrap, prosciutto wrap, pork loin over like mushroom risotto and. I yeah. love bacon wrapped pig. <laughs> <laughs> right? But it's. It, Wrap my pig and more pig. Yeah. See, Mahone Bay, I find better. It, Ludenberg's all shops and restaurants, and it's way more expensive than Mahone Bay. And yeah. so you like you go, you can drive to Ludenberg, do some shopping, eat lunch, but then just head back to Mahone Bay, go for supper somewhere, and yeah. walk around. It's a good little. Shopping wise, like, what do you. What do you what a do you lot do? of home stuff. Keychains? No, no, there's like a, there's like a lot of home decor stores and mm-hmm. shops and stuff. Like Pinterest stores. Yeah, Pinterest oh, stores. Nice. Some real good ones. Uh, but there's a shoe store. I bought a new pair of shoes. Oh, nice. Yeah, we get, uh, teachers get a discount there, and it's to you discount there. <laughs> Perfect. Do they yeah. have a big, big sign in the window? No, it, I don't we know why. Teachers? I don't know why it's, we do, but it's only on regular price items, not sale items. Found that out. So I didn't actually get a discount, but... <laughs> anyway. Oh, you got a sale. You got a sale. Good. You know, there's a flea market. Sunday morning. That's the first time I've been to a flea market in years. Do you remember we used to do one at the mall here? Oh, yeah. Like, the they mall on Sundays were closed. Because the mall was closed. Yeah. Damn it, the same thing. Big flea market. Big so, cigarette smoke? Uh, at the flea market, no. No, I think it was past the time of cigarettes and Okay. That, that I can think of. Panama Mall? Panama Mall, like, I can imagine. Greasers with mustaches, mullets, leather coats, and strollers. But we, we bought a few Five-year-olds in them. <laughs> but it's a flea I forgot what they're like It's just a big giant yard sale In a parking lot right like, yeah. Well this was inside No no I'm talking about the one I went to on Sunday Oh okay yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you ever call a yard sale Like a, a, a rummage sale No Nope like, uh, I like calling them rummage I think the, I think the Benhams Out of Lockport Used to call them rummage sales Yeah Okay What about we actually rubbish went, Rubbish Ooh, I don't know We actually went to a few yard sales as well No way hey, yeah, any, any, any golf um, clubs no golf clubs, but we got. Uh, Danny bought some Wicker stuff. Apparently, Wicker's back in now. On so is Wicca. Wicca, yeah. witchcraft. Wiccan Wicca. Speaking of Wicca, I started watching Sabrina on Netflix. But good for you. It's it's worth, like, worth your time. Yeah. The, the Game of Thrones void. It's a good show. I like it. Sweet. I feel like it's just one of those young adult shows. It is. Yeah, I don't like any adult stuff. Like Archie. 
Like the, like the <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. no, because it's like one, emo Archie. This one's meant to be. I hit my dad. This one's meant to. <laughs> this one's meant to be, a little, like it's witchcraft and warlocks and stuff. It's not. Yeah. It's not Riverdale where it's. it's not like everyone's a murderer now in Riverdale and like mediocre, attractive yeah. aunts that uh, <laughs> yeah. are quirky. There's one thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's not oh, a bad yeah. show. But no, Mahone Bay. Take Talking a cat. No, not yet. Okay, just started. Mahone Bay. I'd like to try that. You should. I've I've driven through. I've stopped for sandwiches at that. That's the only thing I had to share. That's why I just kept pushing the sandwiches. <laughs> the, the sandwich shop. Yeah, but it, it's so, a cool little deli, like farmers market little shop. Like you go to the sandwich ca- like the meat counter, basically. And I remember sandwiches and a lot of pumpkins. Just yeah, like outside, outside, outside. Yeah, um, a bunch of pumpkins. Yeah, that would do it. You know, I I just realized I call them pumpkins, but it's pumpkins, isn't it? What do you mean, isn't it? Of course it is. Of course it is, yeah. It's never changed. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> I just like, uh, I try to speak well. I, I've always prided myself on my ability to... Have you? Say pumpkins. The grammatical <laughs> well, I say, Mandela. Like, I don't say library. I say library, but yeah. I say pumpkins. We should do a road trip to Bombay. Three we can call it a corporate retreat. Yeah, it's, it's got to be a retreat. We could rent the bar, do an episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then eat bacon-wrapped pig in risotto. See, yeah, but like another time, they cha- it's one of those restaurants that changes their menu every How few dare months. They? Why would they get rid of the bacon wrapped pig? Because I had duck there last time I was there, and they was I have duck fat smothered duck. Probably. Yes. Mateus Bistro is the name of the place. Right. We had these breadsticks that came with like a bowl of like this dipping cheese sauce that they hang over like a it flame. Sounds, they dang, they dangle the sauce. Sounds too the, ethnic. For yeah. Me. It was unbelievable. They uh, chowder and stuff. I'm curious. <laughs> I'm curious about the Airbnb. Okay. Um, so was it was it its own building or were it you is. in their home? It's no, it's behind the. Re- it used to be their home, but it's they, they don't live there anymore. They have yeah. a couple kids because it's like you go in, you're like as soon as you enter the, you're in the kitchen. There's a living room, and then upstairs is the bedroom and bathroom. No, like, and the kitchen is your environment. Well. It's all it's all yours. Like you um, have the entire is place. The bed and then, big enough for all three of us to share. No, but there's a couch. Okay, so you draw straws. But there's like the outdoor area, like the the little porch. Back porch thing is like the coolest spot of all of it, with the water right there and stuff. And so Ben really hijacked your Quebec trip to this month. No, I'm liking this because I'm, cur- I'm curious it. about Airbnb because I I want to I want to get into it. I've never done it, but I'm I'm always it's like, awesome. you know, Airbnb's I'm gonna, tight. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna snag a hotel room because I know no, no, what no, I'm no, getting. No. You get better. You get so we've been we're looking at a trip to Italy, right? And I've been scouring Airbnb like crazy these last few days. And the trick is, though, you got to book somewhere that has reviews. You don't want to book a place that no one stayed before because you don't know where you're going to get. And you can also filter it to be, like, super host, I think it's called. So people who have, like, a certain number of good reviews. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So that's all, I always select that so I know a lot of people have stayed there. And the fact that you get a whole, like, we get a house, basically, for what, yeah. cheaper than a hotel room, right? You can come and go. Like, we, Sunday night we cooked. We just made a meal, like, ourselves. I tell you, the, stuff, the, the true way to travel. Is when we when we were hitchhiking out to Ottawa and back, couch surfer, couch surfer works on the same principles where like I'm not about to do that though. People get reviewed like in Montreal, we just couch surf. It's free, uh, and then you as a couch surfer get reviewed yep. by your host. You say Airbnb, and you review. So you go on there and you can see like like super hosts whatever. Yep. But the whole thing runs on the principle of travelers helping travelers. Now, if I had a gaggle of kids, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, no. But and that's just not fair to the hoster. <laughs> you know hey, I mean? take this family of seven yeah. for them. Thing, I got all my babies out back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> pull up with your man. But uh, like, well, like Nolan Fisher, my buddy, he uh, 
he hosts all the time, and it's been great, like, the past couple of years, because they get a couple from Spain, and then I get to play, like, like I'll go visit, and then you play tour, like, tour guide, yeah. and then you get to re-enjoy your yeah. community through their eyes. And if you don't get to travel, it's, it's a great way to feel kind of like a taste of travel, because yeah. you meet people. You get a lot of cool people, and a lot of them like to use couch server, the coolest people, only the cool kids. See, <laughs> but, but you know, like when we get to this Airbnb place, there's like a little folder of all like the house, like things to know about the house, right? Like what there is in the kitchen, and then they also give suggestions like restaurants to eat at, shores, stores to shop at, all that kind of stuff. And but you know, to have access to a full house for cheaper yeah. than a hotel room, like even, so, like for example, in Italy, we're looking, you know, found a couple a place in Rome that for four nights is like five hundred bucks. It's like one hundred and five dollars a night, like a full apartment. Wow, like five bit, like you, like with outside, it's across the street from the, the Vatican. Like you can see the Vatican right from the windows. That's the spot you're looking at. Yeah, one hundred and like five dollars a night. Read a story this morning of a couple that moved, went to Amsterdam and they just wanted a one bedroom mm-hmm. uh, with a bathroom. It ended up being a metal shipping container with a mattress. And a shitter. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be careful. <laughs> but that's why I said. But I think you might end up with a. But that's why I said you know you you look for the super house and places that yeah, people that have stayed sense. a lot. Yeah. There's another one. It's called VRBO, Vacation Rental by Owner. That's what we did in Orlando over March break. It's the same idea. I think it was just it's just Airbnb is so convenient on the app, like on your phone, and it's just super simple, right? And you can message people right away. And now, did you have interaction with the owners when you went? Uh, we did this time only because we were the first people to stay there for the uh, for the season. Because I don't think that's big touristy up in Mahone Bay in the middle of January, right? Yeah. But we were the first people. So they, she just had a couple things she wanted to drop off to the house to us. But, like, they left us bottle, a couple bottles of wine, some craft beer, some, you know, like, fresh fruit and stuff in the fridge. And nice. nice. So, yeah, yeah. It's worth a stay. 100%. Okay. I, spent, uh, I spent a week in Quebec. 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 So this is my first time doing a, a, a school trip to, uh, to Quebec. I took 32 kids. Um, it's something that's like it's like the trip that did either of you guys do a Quebec trip? No, in grade school? nine. I didn't go. I did it in grade nine too, and I guarantee you it's the same. Like you do the boat cruise. I, well, dance. I got your Snapchats. I saw your boat cruise. I saw Saint Anne de Beaupre. I saw the crutches and and, and yeah. then the waterfall thing with the gondola ride up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So those are the big ticket items, and then walking around old Quebec. Yeah, um, really good times. Um, the hotel we stayed at wasn't the one that I had expected. This was uh, it's, it's really bizarre. Actually, it was. It was almost like three motels kind of got together and said, let's, uh, let's build a roof on all of us. They were shaped, and shaped like a U. And then in, the, in between all of them, there was a, they put the pool in and they had a restaurant in there and like a huge roof over top. And it, and it was decorated so it would look like you're on a cruise ship. I feel like I've been to this hotel. It, it may have because there were some hockey teams and like elite hockey that were, okay. that were there. I definitely feel like I've been to this hotel. Um, a really a strange feel. Like we came back to Friday night. We got, came back a little early. And uh, I thought it was karaoke going on because there was some like kind of bad singing going yeah. on like in in the lounge area where where breakfast would have been served. <clears throat> and I'm like, oh sweet, I'll get up there and butcher a song for sure. Kids would love that. Uh, it turns out it was actually lounge singers that they're, they're like, <laughs> they were singing "Open Arms" by uh, by Journey. And I'm like, ooh, let's get in the room, close the door. <laughs> but don't uh, open the door for anyone. Yeah, not even Journey. But uh, it, it was good. Kids enjoyed it. Yeah, I uh, I enjoyed getting up there. Um, we had uh, we had one request. I had, they, I had some students come to me mid trip, and uh, like they get they get 
gassed on those trips though, because like coming from Yarmouth, it's an inconvenient location to mm. travel. It's tired. Yeah. Specified. Yeah, gassed as in like <laughs> exhausted. They did not. Uh, they not concerned. And, and well, that was one of the concerns because I brought t- grades ten, eleven, twelve. It's easy bringing grade nines because mm-hmm. they're well below the age of yep. legal age of consumption. Um, but we had eighteen year olds on the trip. They're terrific yeah. people. Um, but when we're pulling in, we, like it was two in the morning when we arrived, and me and uh, Julie, one of the chaperones, were looking as we looked down the street. We're like, okay, our neighbor is a strip club, and uh, and there was two, two, two or three other ones on the same drag. So we're like, I hope the I hope the eighteen year old boys and girls don't realize yeah, that's there. <laughs> that, what's uh, around them. Yep. Yeah. But uh, we had a request. We had uh, one of the students comes says, Mr. Gallagher, uh, we'd really appreciate it if we could bring him back some Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> so, so I'm like, okay. So we, we're having a good time. We look around and we uh, we Google it. And there's a Krispy Kreme uh, that's next to like, Le Galerie de la Capitale, which is like this huge mall that's got, that's got a, an amusement park built into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, okay, guys. if we, Yeah, we'll, we'll see what we can do. We'll try. So we ended up being really pressed for time. So we get to the mall, and we're like, okay, if you're going to do shopping, you've got, uh, you've got about an hour and a half to get things done. And like, I got there, and I hadn't really bought anything from Moniz yet, so I'm like, let's hammer it. That was my main focus. The donuts. <laughs> I'm, I'm bringing you donuts. <laughs> so I uh, end up uh, at about a half hour left before the bus arrived. I, uh, I ended up picking up a sweater from Moniz or whatnot. And uh, I'm like, okay, I'm done. Fantastic! Now I can just relax. And it occurred to me that the kids would be disappointed if we, if we didn't get to bring Benton Gallagher back his Krispy Kremes. So I brought it up on the map, and I'm like, oh, I'm the chaperone. I've got 32 kids at this mall in Quebec. I'm looking at the map. It's two blocks over from this mall. And I'm like, that looks like a pretty big street to cross. I'm like, screw it. Let's do this. So I sprint out of the door, which ended up being on the wrong side of the building. And I'm wearing jeans because it was, it was hot and cold, yeah. like rugged temperatures. So I got jeans and a long sleeve shirt on. I got my backpack. And I'm like doing a speed walk slash, okay, jog for these couple of rows of cars. And then I'm going to walk, speed walk. And, um, and it got hot. So it was, it was like sunny. Yeah. So I'm looking myself on the map. And I'm like, okay, I think I know where it is. I think I know where it is. I'm looking for a Krispy Kreme that's like kind of like maybe in a strip mall yeah. or, or, or in a larger building. So I'm watching the blue dot as it gets closer, it gets closer, and then I walk down the street, and then I cross, I cross this three-lane uh, boulevard, and then I uh, realize that I went way too far, and then uh, I'm like, run back. God damn it! I got, I've got 20 minutes now. This sucks. <laughs> so like, I end up jogging back, and I'm, I'm watching, I'm, I'm watching the traffic. I'm seeing an intersection. There's a girl waiting, and I'm like, I ask her in my, in my poor Acadian. I'm like, hey. uh... On Courty? And then she's like, oh, no, no. And she, like, she replied in her broken English. Um, so I'm like, screw it. No traffic. I'm looking at the Krispy Kreme. I'm like, this is, it, it's its own huge building. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, they're legit. I thought yeah, Krispy yeah. Kreme was like a, a niche item. But So, uh, yeah, jaywalk like hell. So I jaywalk. In, in Nova Scotia, We when we cross the street, we cross directly across the street. Yeah. And if it's an intersection, we cross the next street. Yeah. We can make like an L. So by the time I jaywalked, got there, and I'm looking across the next one, 
the light had changed and she's going diagonally. She ended up getting there before I did. I'm like, man, you guys got to figure it out. She could have said that. Does nobody? Because they don't go right on red, right? So there's there's no concern. Yeah, of, okay. Of it. Um, so I get in there and by the time I walk in, I, I re- it occurs to me just how like sticky and gross I'm feeling. And uh, grab my half dozen Benton bagels. And, uh, <laughs> I can't believe you didn't get any for yourself. Well, it was it was all it was it was for the kids. Yeah, for the kids slash yeah. you <laughs> slash mostly just me. Yeah, because so, also when he brought those to me in class today, he was very. Proud. I can't. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed that he didn't. And know. I said, "Well, come like take like have one." And he's like, "No, no, 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 they're for you." I'm like, "No, I don't need all six donuts, but I need eat two. I got four left. I'll make one tomorrow. Oh, you might. Oh, I'll steal them. I'll find them. See, look, like when I first went there, the first time I went there was when I I took kids to Montreal, hockey in Montreal. Yeah. And you can watch them be made, right? Like, that's one of the things you could probably cool, see yeah. behind, yeah. right? Like, the, the batter drop. They offered and... me, they're like, do you want some fresh ones? I'm like, no, man. i got to be on the bus in 20 minutes. Yeah, you should have been soaked. Ones. I should have <laughs> The bus will wait. three days They're later. not going to leave without the chaperone. Maybe. But they're going to wonder why the chaperone's not at the mall. Did you, have, yeah. did you guys have any uh, miscounts on kids? No. Any stops? No, no. unfortunately, uh, everybody was... Always accounted for, and uh, we uh, unfortunately, when I came back, no good stories. When I brought the hockey team I was coaching back from Montreal, we stopped, I don't know, at a gas station somewhere near Brunswick, and we it was two or three in the morning, like, and everyone was sleeping on the bus. And so we stopped, and I got off to use the bathroom, and a few kids got off and stuff. And so I just went and I got back on the bus, and we left. And I was like, oh, the other coaches, like, they were sitting in the front, must have done the head count, but he was sleeping, everyone was sleeping. We left three kids there. Three of them. Yeah. How long did it take you to realize? Not long, because they called everyone's phone. They like, had cell phones. So they're like, ah, did the bus leave? Is this a, is this a prank? Yeah. Like, he goes, ha ha, guys. Like, yeah. where's everybody? And then you have to play it off like it was a prank. So we, yeah. had, to take the, we had to take the next exit and just, we were back in like 10 minutes, but it happens. We, when uh, the year, the second year we were coaching the team in Clare, we went to the, we ended up having to go on a league finals. We are playing against New Waterford. So we had our whole team on this on on the on the bus, and we ended up taking some fans. We had some really devout fans, like, and their yep. whole families were into it. Um, and some of them, their parents were really big fans, almost to the point where they would they'd be like, "So it was so cool to be around the players that uh, maybe they didn't pay enough attention to their kids." Um, so we're stopping in Alds Cove, which is right before the Canso uh, Causeway, right. Mm-hmm. And we make a big, a big we, yeah, we make it. Yeah, it's a big stop. So I, I went in there, and, and I'm like, I'm probably 22 at this point, so I'm a young coach. But I, I really, I'm like, what would a hockey coach really, uh, really do? They'd probably sit at the front and read the hockey news. <laughs> so I ended up, uh, I'm like, and they'd probably wear like uh, reading glasses. So I should probably get myself a hockey news and some reading glasses. <laughs> so I looked at these reading glasses uh, that were like right up front by the cash. And I'm like, oh, they say two point five zero on them, so that two dollars and fifty cents um, ends up being like fifteen dollar reading glass. I, I'd never bought reading glasses before. Was it no prescription that you? Oh read? hell yeah, they were like Coke bottles. They were disgusting. <laughs> no, but it was the two point oh? Was that, that, well, that was the prescription yeah, that you read and not the price? It wasn't the price. I'm like, and I didn't have the guts to say uh, I don't want the reading glasses. This, this is not funny anymore. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm a huge idiot. <laughs> Image is nothing. So uh, we get back on the bus, though, me and my uh, dumbass reading glasses and my hockey news, and the bus starts rolling away. I'm like, we got all boys? Yeah, because I'm concerned about my players. Um, we are just about to make that left-hand turn to go towards Cape Breton, and one of the people, one of the boys at the back, like, hey, isn't that Caleb? 
this little six-year-old that uh, oh my god that was like, that you left? Was like sprinting I, mean, <laughs> I remember like he's got his winter boots on and his, his jacket is flying like a cape and he's running all the way across this massive parking lot out to like stop the bus uh, Caleb yeah so that uh, that was a real experience you guys you guys saw John Wick last night yeah 100% worth it. Yeah. It's worth your time. Yeah. Oh, I'm disappointed I wasn't. It's able one to go. of the. I have to say, I, I can't. I love action movies, but I don't usually go see them at the movies only because they're not always worth it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yep. good action movies aren't always worth going to pay. You know, go to the movies, get your nachos. Um, it's like a $50 night for me alone. It's, I'm a, it's yeah, like. I'm it's, a victim. It's like almost $7 for a large pot now, I think. So I bought my Which ticket. Which cost them like three cents. I bought a ticket. It's a nachos with a pop combo and it's $25. It's a steal. <laughs> Did you have a coupon? No. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it is worth 100% worth going to see. It's one of the best, best action movies in recent years. Along with oh. John Wick 1 and 2. Well, if you like John Wick, like, that's the thing. Like, some people don't like John Wick. And if you don't like John Wick, then this one's not for you. But if you at all like John Wick, it was awesome. So it's those, the those wickiest you don't know. John Wick. So it's, it's maybe wicked. some of our listeners don't know John Wick. He's he's like a badass assassin guy who has a dog. Yeah. Yes. Well, so in the first one, spoiler, don't stop. Nope. Don't do it. <laughs> if you We're seen, three movies in. Yeah. <laughs> it's like in the first, like you like Frodo gets the ring and one of the rings, like yeah. Boromir dies. It's fine. Anyway, they 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 kill his dog and steal his car just to be dicks. Well, so well they want to take the dog. Uh, no, sorry. Well, they want to steal the car, and then they kill his dog just to be a dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the dog was from his dead wife, who like left it to him because she knew he'd be sad and wanted to give him hope and something they care for. So they took away his hope. Right, the dog is a metaphor and for hope. Then he killed everybody, and then he murders over three movies now in a three-week yeah. period. I don't even know the body count. Could you Google That's the body count? Because it is awesome. It's insane. I feel like the writers just get in the room and they say, okay. What are some really cool ways we can kill people? And, uh, like, really cool action scenes. Um, but I call them the most realistic, unrealistic movies I've ever seen. Because the the thing that gets me, and probably a lot of people, is the reloading. Right? So, like, they count every bullet. And it's the only movie I've ever seen with, like, truly realistic reloading. But then the rest of the movie is so outlandish and ridiculous. Bulletproof suits. He killed 77 people in the first movie. In the first Oh, I can't wait for the third. You got, you oh, got I'm lo- um, sorry, I clicked on the wrong. I'm but um, where are these people coming from? There must be an enormous just, assassin um, industry. Well, yeah, well, it's cool because they have the whole culture of the assassins, like the whole this this assassin industry. It's really really cool. Have you not seen it? Or are you just asking leading questions. Leading questions for sure. <laughs> I was like, well, like, I'm pretty sure you've seen. I've, I've seen the first two. Yeah, um, yeah, the third one is is on point. It's being very slow, but it is. I'll find it here. Yeah. Seventy-seven bucks. While yeah. you do that, can I tell my Quebec story? I wanted to tell a Quebec story, and you guys just kind of moved on because you both told them. Uh, probably not. Okay, thanks. Just kidding. Let's hear it. Okay, so the last time I was in Quebec City uh, was on my week-long hitchhiking trip with uh, Mr. Koloski and Mr. Fitzgerald over March break, and we had got picked up New Brunswick by a really cool old dude. We was driving to Ottawa. And we're on our way to Ottawa. So we're like, Fredericton, Ottawa, this is amazing. And like, we get in the car, and he's, I would love to have this guy on the podcast. He knew everything about history. 
and he like just listens to NPR history all the time. We're having like he's just telling us all these really cool things, having a great conversation, and we get to go outside Quebec City, and it's quite late. It's like nine thirty ten, and he's driving straight through the night, and he picked us up because he appreciated us keeping him awake, you know, because he's got a long drive. Usually, that's people on long drives; they're lonely, and you know, and they they want uh, people to talk to. We said, "Could you drop us off in Quebec?" You know, like even though like like it's a dumb thing to do when you're you're trying to find rides to a destination, but we're like, "Well, we're doing too well. Like we got to get there right it. now." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we want an adventure. So drop us off in Quebec. Bless his heart, he drives us right into the city. Like goes out of his way, drives like thirty minutes into the city, drops us off. I look up cheap hostels, and they drop us off in a seedy, seedy part of town. I don't know where we were. And we get this $20 hostel. What time of night was this? So it was around 10, 10.30. And, and these dudes... What? I found. Let's okay, let's okay, so, so the first movie was 77 yeah. people killed. The second movie was 128 people he killed. Yeah. And there's no official one yet because the movie was just released. But uh, people who have watched the movie a few times and have done their best, um, they have it at around 200 people. <laughs> so because there's one he, he goes to a different town he goes to Casablanca for a little bit yeah. and that part while he's there alone still people living there yeah in <laughs> that there's one no alone they say it's around 40 to 55 people just in that little bit there Let's while see. he's there so they, so in total we're looking at around 400, 400 people he's killed in, in three, three weeks in three weeks I love it that's, um, that's so, so back to okay. my less exciting story <laughs> um we get dropped off at this hostel, and we go in there, and there's just three really greasy-looking old French dudes. And they're like, we're not open. Like, we don't have any guests. And we're like, uh, can we stay here anyway? They're like, sure. And so, like, we're like, okay. It's the first time I felt really uncomfortable, like they are going to harvest my organs. And we go upstairs, and it's just like, it basically feels like there's like 12 bunks in a tiny room. There's nowhere to walk. And we just throw our stuff down. They tell us to wear... These booties on our feet so we don't get their floors dirty, but I'm like, I'd rather just go with sock foot than put those on. They're disgusting. So we drop our stuff out and then we go out. We go to Via Quebec and we walk around for about 15 minutes. And I'm like, this is way too expensive for our taste. Like, we're trying to do the whole thing on the cheap. Super cheap. And, uh, and like, it's like $15 beers, you know, at, at these bistros and mm-hmm. whatnot. So we leave and then we go to this bar and it was, uh, this. I forget what it was called. Uh, it was the word for going against the church. Sacrilege. Le sacrilege. This bar. And and all their stuff was like pews from an old church and mm-hmm. stuff. Because the French hate the church now. Um, anyway, so we go in there. That's a bold statement. In Quebec? Yeah, well. It's not that bold. You, you go to Quebec and you yeah. tell me they don't hate the church out there. Um, and okay. Anyway, so we sit down there and we order a pitcher. And then we get our cups. And we're drinking out those little... Uh, or like apple juice cups he drank out of as a kid like yeah. little glasses yeah. you know the tiny glasses oh, yeah. and we're like this is weird and then we look around the bar everyone has normal pint sized glasses except for you guys except for us and I, I guarantee it was because we were English obviously everyone was laughing at us I was like I was discriminated against well that's because like, it you, blew me away like you said when you spoke I French bullshit no, you spoke French to that woman, and she spoke English back to you. I swear that, to God, that was everywhere. No, I that's swear Quebec. to God, we went in yeah. there. Yeah, that's what you think. That's everyone had regular beer glasses, and we had little tiny. Apple. He gave us three three glasses in a pitcher, and they were tiny glasses. 
And and I looked around, not a single other person that bar. He's telling the story. The bartender's telling this story on another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I got this so <laughs> Anyway, so I was. We were upset by that because I I'm, I'm all peace, love, and harmony, right? So we leave. Did you did you not have an, an, as much beer as you ordered? We had the same amount of beer, but he made us he degraded us into tiny children's glasses, <laughs> and people were like laughing at us. Like I was bullied at this bar by French people for being English. There's That's no awesome. there's no other reason for them to give me that other than we were the only English people in that bar. Do you I had I was ordering Subway when I was up there, and this uh, this tour guide dressed in like 1800s kind of attire. Um, walks in his packed subway and he must have he had a relationship with the people, the employees there because he kind of made his he's like yeah I want the usual in French mm-hmm. and then he's, he kind of shuffles his way he's like excuse me excuse me excuse me and uh, I get I get to the front and I'm ordering my, my vegetables on my sub I'm like ah, est-ce que je peux avoir de la laitue des oignons uh, des poivrons verts et du poivre and he goes he leans in and he goes du poivre <laughs> I'm like what? c'est du poivre ce n'est pas du poivre <laughs> <laughs> Okay. But that's cool. But he's right. But no, yeah, but let's go back. The last part of the story, though, because we went to another bar, and this is a better bar. They're far more metropolitan that they they let us in, except for the fact that we ran into skinheads at the bar. I've never really met legitimate skinheads. That would make me uncomfortable. Like, like you know, if you don't know what a skinhead is, it's a white supremacist with a shaved head. And, and Multiple? Then I, it was like a gang of skinheads. Oh, like, and, that's not good. And so we're we're at the bar. We're we're talking to people. We see these skinheads. They're eyeing us up. And then they why would they be eyeing you up? I, well, I don't English. know. But I, it's because we were English. He came up to me, uh, and I guess he he liked us, uh, and he started talking. But then I, I ended up getting in an argument with him because he told me that he barely spoke English. Right? He was super French, and he told me he was Irish. Right? And I said, there's no way that you can be Irish and you can't even barely speak English if people that are not white aren't, you don't consider Canadian. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, can't, can't you don't have heads. the right to say that, oh, they're an immigrant, like even three generations back from another country. They're not a Canadian, but je m'appelle Irish. Can't, no. uh, can't have your cake and eat it too. But I didn't try to overstep too much because there was a gang of skinheads. <laughs> Do they, have, do they have leather vests with? Like, they were wearing leather, <laughs> like they legitimately had leather jackets and stuff. It was it was interesting. We played uh, baby foot with them, which is also known as foosball. Oh, really? Yeah, baby foot. It's like foot uh, football for like little baby. Yeah, no, I've heard I, that I, referred I, to in, a, in in France as well as ba- baby foot. Baby foot. <laughs> I can get behind that. So anyway, uh, I would like to take a little waltz. Down science corner, do 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 science corner. I started like basing up the song, and then I was like, "Oh, I gotta switch it up." So it's just not the same as the funky beat. I know, man. See, mom, we miss you. <laughs> just come back and play guitar. Yeah, bring it, chicken damn bam. So uh, this week, I wanted to talk uh, in a different vein of science that I haven't really talked about, which is psychological sciences. And, and namely, Canadians' involvement in the MK Ultra project. Ooh, I like it. Which is just a it's an exciting name. If you don't know what MK Ultra is, it was the CIA from the fifties up to like the seventies. I don't know the exact date, so you can send us a message if you have a beef with what I said. Um, 
But it was their exploration into mind control, uh, erasing people's minds, that whole Manchurian candidate, like having brainwashed people that you could make the perfect assassin and you implant thoughts in people's heads. It was this whole kind of mind control thing that the CIA was doing. And what, what, what I'm going to talk about comes from a book called The Shock Doctrine, uh, which is a 2007 book from a Canadian author, Naomi Klein. And she's arguing in this book that the neoliberal free market policies have risen to the prominence uh, in some developed countries because of a deliberating strategy of shock therapy. So she's saying these neoliberal ideas of free market and everything is, is there because of um, the shock therapy. And she's explaining this idea of shock, uh, whether it's actually physical torture shocks or it's uh, the shock of war and terrorist attacks and, and all these things. That this idea of shocks affects on people. And in the book, she introduces you to a, uh, a lady named Gail Kastner. Um, so when she's talking to Gail, so she meets Gail, and Gail was part of this MK Ultra, which is usually attributed to the United States. Um, but the Canadians, and I like this story is interesting and also terrible um, because it was also it, some of the research took place in Canada because some of this stuff was too unsettling for them to do to their own citizens. So Canada, for some reason, was like, "Well, you do it on ours. We'll, we'll do it on ours." For your for your benefit, so she meets up with this Gail Katz, Kastner in like 2006, uh, and she's talking. So her explanation to Gail about why she's writing the book, she says she's writing the book about shock, how countries are shocked first off by wars, terror attacks, coup d'etats, and natural disasters, but then they get shocked again from corporations and politicians who exploit their original fear and disorientation from the first shock. To push through uh, economic shock therapy. So then, and then how people who dare to resist their shock politics are shocked a third time from police and soldiers and prison interrogators coming in. So that she's, she's looking at this power imbalance between people and the government and how they're trying to just shock you over and over again to get compliance. This is a complete social. Yeah. And so, yeah. That she suggested. Yeah, so she says to, to Gail, she's talking to her, she says, I want to talk to you because she's, this Gail is one of the most shocked people alive, and she was one of the few living survivors of the CIA's covert experiments in electroshock therapy and other special interrogation techniques. Do you know who, excuse me, is also a survivor of this? Who? Um, the Unabomber. Technicinski, who was part. So... Just before yeah, you yeah. keep going, um, of a lot of you, they, they, the CIA approached a lot of universities. Harvard was one, Stanford was another, to do these types of experiments. Not so much with the drugs, but with like mind control and like screens and sounds and all that stuff. And he was a the Unabomber was a student at Harvard as a young as a, like a, a teenager because he went early to Harvard um, <clears throat> and he was a test subject while he was there. Really? And it was like, so the ties, they assumed the one, the Harvard one is also tied to that one. And then I was just reading the guy who authored uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest was that author. He, when he was a student at Stanford, was part of the same type of experiments as the Unabomber, but at Stanford, but it's all connected to the CIA's MK Ultra. Yeah. Wow. So. And Whitey Bulger. Oh, wow, really? When he was in prison. Yeah, I believe that. So. <clears throat> 
And then she's talking to me. She said, and I believe the research that was done to in the 1950s. So this all happened at McGill University. So that's that Quebec uh, bring back. Uh, is now being applied. So she's looking into, at the time, Guantanamo Bay and Abu Ghraib. Uh, so this was, you know, still during the Iraq War and, uh, and all that. So the interrogation of so-called terrorists without any sort of evidence. So as she's telling Gail this, there's a long pause. Um, and she says... Uh, she basically just says to her, you've spelled out exactly what the CIA and this man named Ewan Cameron did to me. So what they tried to do was erase her and remake her. So they tried to destroy her essence, who she was, destroy all of her memories and, and then make her into what they want, but it didn't work. Um, so at this point, like she's got a lot of, of, of pain, arthritis. She doesn't leave the house very much. She's unhealthy. Um, and she talks about how her pain is just a reminder. So she uh, received electroshock therapy 63 times. And when they're shocking her, it's 150 to 200 volts of electricity oh, God. that uh, penetrated the frontal lobes of her brain while she convulsed, uh, causing fractures, sprains, bloody lips, sm- like crushed teeth, like because you, you, you win so hard. So like this is kind of a heavy story. It's a dark chapter in Canadian history. So as, as Gail is looking around the room to set up her recording information, she kind of, she notices that on tables there's pyramids of stacked uh, packs of cigarettes. So she talks about, how she, well, she's a chain smoker and uh, she's kind of overweight because she doesn't really move around much. And then she looks at the cigarette packages and they, they're kind of out and the, and the white parts of the back of them look like she colored them black. And she looks closely at them and she sees that they're covered in writing. Writing in numbers. And what Gail was doing um, was writing down... So it's minuscule handwriting, names, numbers, and words. So she basically doesn't have any memory. All right? So, like, the experiment she underwent in the 50s left her for the rest of her life without a memory. Uh, So she writes down anything that comes to her in very small writing on cigarette cartons and packages. Um, So she writes it down as a note to herself or she'll never remember it. So for her whole life, her mind, like her, her memory hasn't worked. Um, facts will evaporate instantly. Um, and there's just many, like, it's like, like a bunch of pictures you throw it on the ground. Like she can't distinguish between two, uh, can't place between. Them. So she could recall an incident pretty well, but she might be two decades off from when it happened. So it could have been she had a conversation at the grocery store in 86 and she remembers it like it was two weeks ago. So she, like, everything just Scrambled. jumbled around. Like 52 pickup. So, so what we're talking about is what kind of happened to her and to a bunch of people. Uh, so in the 50s, 1950s, the United States CIA funded a Montreal doctor to perform bizarre experiments uh, on his psychiatric patients, which ranged from keeping them asleep and in isolation for weeks, then administering huge doses of electric shock therapy, as well as just giving him cocktails of like hallucinogenic drugs like LSD and PCP, um, and what they're trying to do is break them down into like basically like an infantile state, like like a baby-like state. Um, all this was performed at McGill's University's uh, Allen Memorial Institute under this uh, Ewan Cameron, Doctor Ewan Cameron. 
So they kind of released this information in the 70s through Freedom of Information. Um, and then they sued them. And this is also funded by the Canadian government. So they're not blameless in, in all this. So the crazy thing is, is, is Cameron's experimental subjects were just regular people that had gone to them for normal treatment. So you might have uh, postpartum depression. You might have anxiety. They didn't sign up for this? No. So they went to him and said, we, we have these issues. Because in the 50s, they could do whatever they want. Yeah, everybody's a mad scientist. If you look so, at a picture of him, he looks like out of like a, a, a horror movie. Yeah, and he's a, he's a terrible person. Um, so they said, you would go there with anxiety, postpartum, or even if you're having trouble in your marriage, right? Um, I'll fix you. And then they take them and they institutionalize them and they use them without their knowledge or permission as a guinea pig for the CIA's uh, research uh, about how to control human minds. So basically his, his, his ambition uh, through this whole thing was to discover the root of his patient's ailments, but he didn't want to cure them. He wanted to figure out how to inflict them on other people. So, like, he's a monster from every, every aspect of the word. So what he'd do is he'd try to depattern you. Um, and depattern is just to, like, remove basically all your essence of who you are. Um, so he used a new device called the Page Russell, which gives six consecutive jolts instead of a single one. So he used, like, a new electroshock thing, but instead of one shock, he'd shock you six times. And if they kept... Like, seeming to cling to their personalities, then he would start giving them a cocktail drug. He'd give you some uppers and some downers and some hallucinogens and some uppers. Like, he'd mix it up. Just to keep you unstable. Yeah, just to try to make you as unstable as possible while he continued to shock you. Um, So, he's trying to break down their mental uh, defenses. So, after he kind of depatterned you, um, and your, your personality seems to have been wiped out... He starts this thing called psychic driving, um, which is like the biggest pile of shit you've ever heard of. This idea of psychic driving is the same idea of, uh, it came about his idea, which is laughable. And if he wasn't an esteemed scientist, people wouldn't um, have respected it at all. It came from like a seven, uh, like an early, it wouldn't be in the 70s, but like a commercial for listening to languages while you sleep. It's that idea of learning in your sleep. Yeah. That's what psychic drive. Put the headphones on and go. Yeah. So you, why don't you learn Italian by sleeping with headphones on, right? Which doesn't work. So so what he would do is awesome if it did though. Yeah. (laughs) I waste minor. Yeah. And and if it would have worked, it would have had to work in this. Um, But he basically break them down with these drugs and electroshock, and then he'd play them um, messages like "You're a good mother and a wife, and people enjoy your company." So maybe like you're having trouble in your marriage or you have depression. So he'd send this um, and then he wanted to see that if he could get them to absorb the messages. And so that's that idea of getting people to absorb any message, like in brainwashing them. Um, But he would do this. They might re-listen to a message for 16 to 20 hours uh, a day over weeks. So imagine you have anxiety. You go to your guy. He starts electrocuting your brain, giving you drugs, and then strapping you down and playing this in your head for weeks. So were were the patients like, sure, doc, I hope this works this time. 
Well, no, no. So he took them against their will. But once you're institutionalized, especially in the fifties, you had no rights. Mm -hmm. They did whatever they wanted. They drug. He could have lobotomized them if he wanted to. He could. He could do whatever he wanted. He had the powers up to and including lobotomy because <clears throat> he was a psychiatrist. But that wasn't just the fifties. That went on for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. But this just takes place in yeah, the fifties. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so yeah. So you'd be listening to this for 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 most of the day, every day for weeks. Um, in one case, he played a message, con- one message continually for 101 days straight. So this guy... How did that work for him? It didn't. It didn't work. Like, it just annoyed not- the shit out of the patient. Well, yeah, it just tortured the shit out of the patient and made them probably insane. Yeah. You know, like... So... And, like, she notes that, like, if he was less powerful in his field, then this idea of psychic driving would have been laughed out of everywhere. So is the cerebrophone. That was this uh, phonograph that you put on Cerebro, like the Matrix. Well, Cerebro, like the brain, but yeah. Cerebro, well, I'm just saying Cerebro was x yeah, yeah, yeah. Cerebro, yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So, um... Put it by your... So, like, the Cerebro uh, phone, you'd, is a, you'd put it by your phone, your bed, and you'd learn languages while you sleep. Okay. And that's where he got his idea from this commercial for this stupid learn a language. So, a lot of these were, tr- like, these trials were attempted in, like, the U.S. Uh, and, around, and around in different areas. But um, if the word got out that the CIA was doing this to their own people on American soil then they it would probably shut down the entire program. So that's why they turned their looks to Canada, Canada right? Because Canada's not the U.S. So they went to this tri-national meeting uh, at the Ritz-Carlton in Montreal. Uh, and when they're at this meeting, they're talking about how the communists had somehow discovered a brainwa- uh, an ability to brainwash prisoners of war. And this evidence was the fact that you saw these American soldiers that were captured in Korea going before the cameras in... It looks like they're willingly like denouncing capitalism and imperialism. With a gun to their head. Yeah, what they didn't, what they didn't think about. Well, they've been starved and tortured. Of course, they're going to say whatever it takes to lessen their torture, right? But apparently, these brilliant minds couldn't couldn't come up with that. They said, "No, they're they're brainwashed." Look at that. It's on video. There's no way these people would take up communism unless they were brainwashed, right? Nobody gets that hungry. So they were convinced that the Western powers needed to discover how the communists were uh, extracting these remarkable confessions. And they needed to get this ability themselves. Um, so then there's this doctor that came along, Heb, and he tried with isolation. And he would do experiments for like two to three days. Uh, and then like talking to his patients, they basically said it was torture. And he knew he ethically couldn't. So that's like total sensory deprivation. You put on headphones, blindfold. They'd even wrap up your hands and stuff so you couldn't feel anything. And, um, and then even, and, which is still messed up to do that to someone for two or three days, but he was yeah. like, I can't do this. This is torture. And, like, and you really, it's, you especially couldn't do it any longer than a couple days because it's, it's just A couple torture. days. Yeah. It's insane to begin with. Um, yeah. So, so he, he wanted to see the sense of, sensory deprivation because he was at this meeting and he was all for figuring it out uh, to see if it would make him more susceptible to brainwashing 
And he found that they start to believe more occult things and not to believe in science and all these things. So, it, I mean, it was being uh, effective. Uh, but, yeah. Um, but then he noted that um, he couldn't really continue with it because it's too unethical, right? Oh, nice. Yeah. What a, what a good guy. Maybe the mind control thing did work. We just don't know. Yeah. Well, there's lots of people that don't believe. Well, it's like the same as like when world mind, ants on stilts. Does the mind calendar actually, the world actually ended, but nobody knows. But yeah, he basically wrote that we can't get results because we can't do this for 30, 60 days to people. That's so nice like, of him. Because this is insane. And he also shit all over Dr. Ewan Cameron, this evil person, uh, saying so that was he was there, criminally stupid. Was there at any point... Um, any repercussions to those studies that Cameron did? Uh, yeah, so it ended up... Well, I mean, it came out... I think in the 80s they settled a lawsuit. The Canadian government paid out $750,000. I don't think Cameron ever went to jail for it. Because he was sanctioned by the government and the CIA. He was, yeah, true. Like, like doing his job. Yeah. Um, but, like, so... After he did all this stuff to Gail, like, it got worse... Um, and so, um, he, so they, they said, um, they basically, the original electroshock machine recommended four treatments per patients, uh, that took like six shocks, uh, over four treatments, which was 24 shocks. Cameron started using the machine. Uh, so he would give up to 360 shocks per patient. Right. So the original was like, and. Electroshock was pretty horrific anyway, mm-hmm. but he was doing 360 as opposed to 24. That was the recommended dose. That's like, that's like Nazi Germany shit. Yeah. So then he got into, and this is in Canada in the 50s. Like, this is not that long ago. Um, we should talk about some of those experiments sometime. Yeah. And then so as he developed his arsenal, he, he brought in that sensory deprivation and extended sleep. Uh, to try to keep breaking them down more and more. And then the CIA gave him some more money, so he converted some old horse stables at McGill into uh, ice uh, isolation boxes. Um, so um, where Heb said, I can only do this for two or three days, uh, he would keep people in isolation for weeks. So, uh, and he would have them... So, with one of them trapped in an isolation box, like a total sensory deprivation for 35 days. Wow. Right? Um, And then he would also mess with their senses in a sleep room where he would keep them in a drug kind of induced state for 20 to 22 hours a day. Just enough to to eat and and use the washroom. And then they would turn them over twice a day so they didn't get bed sores. Uh, And people were... Thoughtful. Yeah. Well, you can't have your subjects getting infected, right? No. I don't think... Yeah. Uh, So they were kept in this state for 15 to 30 days of, like, just total, like, out of it, sleeping. Um, And he wouldn't let uh, the the hospital staffers talk to them or give them any information about how long they're spending in the room to make sure that no one successfully escaped from this nightmare that he was creating for them. Uh, He gave... um, and then some of them he was giving curare, which is like a paralyzing drug. So it's not even so that you're asleep and you just, you just move. can't move. Um, so this work kept on being funded by the CIA until 1961. 
Uh, well, MK Ultra in the states went on until almost seventy three. Yeah. yeah, but like the thing, I mean, the thing about this scandal is like this shit was too dark for them to do to their own citizens, right? And then Canada's like, hell yeah, we got it. You got postpartum? Let's destroy your life. Like let's destroy everything about you. Buzz that brain. Yeah, it's insane. Um, so and then and then, and then the big part of this whole thing is that he made no progress whatsoever. Everything he did. Nothing was learned. They weren't able to do anything. He just destroyed memories and minds of people. Um, And, yeah, he did it just for the hell of it. And that's the story of Canada's involvement in MKUltra. It's a crazy story. Yeah, that's heavy. Yeah. That was a Any experiments on unwilling people is a terrifying thing. Do you think that's going on right now? Places, for sure. Yeah. But they do, like... uh, when I said those couple guys in the universities, they signed up for it. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't as intense as that, but it was. Like, it was a little different. There was still shock therapy, and there was... But it was... With this, they weren't even winning in it. Like, they said, I need your help. Yeah. I have a problem. See, these people signed up. Like, it's like yeah. some, people yeah. si- some people signed up for it, obviously. Yeah. But they got a cookie-cutter response. Oh, yeah. you have problem A. Yeah. Here's solution. Yeah. It's my thing. Yeah. So I guess that's uh, that's all we got for this week. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sometimes it gets away from us a little yeah, bit. Slipped but, uh, off. I think I think it was important to learn some of the the darker sides of Canadian you know history, but also kind of an interesting look into the MK Ultra program. And, it is. You know what we try to do to understand the human brain, even if it's awful. Uh, so my name is Ben Drew. <laughs> Tyler Smith. <laughs> ben Gallagher. <laughs> Signing off. Yeah, and as always, uh, don't forget like, subscribe to us, Apple uh, Podcast, Spotify, Facebook, Instagram. Get us out there. Tell your friends. Share it out. Come back again next week. We love you. <laughs> <laughs>